little bit removed. Yeah. I'm going to be very soft. Do you remove. Why don't you just do it without me? Okay. Why am I even here? Why are you That's here? a question I've been asked. Oh. Oh, yeah! A recording. <laughs> yeah! Howdy, everybody! I'm Robert. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't like the way that flowed. You didn't I, like that? Go, Hi, everybody. I'm Robert. And I'm Ira. Oh, I... I'm, no, you go. I'm Robert. Yeah, and then I go, and I'm Ira. I'm but Ira. You, you, you did a little pause, which threw me off a little bit. Oh, but and I'm Ira. And this is Anti Wave. Yes, it is a podcast all about the movies that have a unique point of view. Oh, that's good. All right, all right. Kudos to you, man. This Thank time you, you. Got it. that's really good. Thanks. And the reason you're saying that, Robert, is because this week we're discussing Hardcore Henry. Hardcore Henry, and the top five we're doing this week is Hardcore no, Henry. No, 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 no. That's uh, the no, not oh. Hardcore Henry movies. Oh. No, no. Oh. POV shots. Oh, specific shots. But I did Hardcore point- Henry movies. No, no, you didn't. Yeah. No, because there's only one. No, there's been talk I just did of the same sequel. one over there's and been, over. There's been talk my- of a sequel. Oh, is there? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It hasn't happened, but Look at been you talk. doing your research. It's been, oh, yeah. You do a lot of good research. You know what? I can't wait, wait for the news paying... segment in this show because I know how well you do your prep work for the show. You do your research. In, in Well, we have like five or six segments. Yeah. So perhaps out of the five or six, there's one that will be lacking this particular week. I've but we'll never see. known that to happen. Not once. I got it. Where's my smartphone? I need. Hey, what smartphone. was the top five last week? Uh, last week, we did dance movies. Oh. You know what? I love our listeners. Gotta dance. Uh, gotta dance. Got it. Uh, our listeners are terrific. And once again, here's what they said. And our favorite, Kelly, she always does this. She does what's called a knee-jerk reaction. She doesn't even listen to I'm our sorry, podcast. What? Knee-jerk. Oh, knee-jerk. Knee-jerk. And she doesn't listen to but she just right away, she says her movies without listening to us first. And so she said, Staying Alive, Saturday Night Fever, Footloose, and Magic Mike. Now, our esoteric listener got a little attitude with us. She's not too happy with us because she said, all right, smart asses. Remember last week, Robert, we gave her a hard time because she was we? not. We both we did. did. Yeah, bloke. It was we? the word bloke. We? She, she did not know the word bloke was English funny person uh-huh. so she didn't know that she said all right smart asses try to make fun of my top five this week and i don't even care about your top five or any of the others mentioned she had a little attitude here going but she did say for dance movies the red shoes black swan strictly ballroom are you familiar with that oh yeah yeah and uh save the last dance and all that jazz there's no english blokes in any of those oh, movies that was last week buddy that I was know. yeah that was last she missed the assignment again well you see you're doing it again. She didn't. Yeah, but then she, she didn't make you're up for doing last this week's and homework. I put up with her wrath. She didn't put up. She didn't do last week's homework. Well, she didn't do it. Well, she got confused on the word blow. And she so what? She Mel just Brooks. thought she could just move on to this week's assignment and well, never have that, to make up. But for now, last with week? what you're doing, she's going to lash out at me, and I have to take. I the want brunt. top five blokes or nothing. <laughs> One of our favorite listeners said Napoleon Dynamite. Good one. That's I, but, nice. but I wrote back saying, now, wait a minute. What? Was there a dance sequence? Oh, my gosh. Yes. And he said, are you kidding? That was the only good thing about the movie. That's that's." <laughs> you what don't he remember wrote. the big dance sequence? I, well, he, he sent it to me. Oh, he actually yeah. sent me the click, so I did watch it. it Jamiroquai? Was, it was, yeah, 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 I know. I know. And then he said, all right, all right. I want to put in dirty... Uh, uh, dancing scenes from movies that really stand out in my mind instead of just dance numbers from musicals. All right. And here's what he put down. Number five, Clockwork Orange. Nice. You know, again, kudos to this guy. When he wrote Baby Alex Dancian singing, singing in the rain yep. while he was raping and beating up on women. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Uh, for number, Not that there's anything <laughs> wrong with that. For number four, and again, these are really good choices. Uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show, you know. Let's do the time. Where? Where's, where's the dance in that? What? Oh, you can't know things in musical. I don't remember that. Oh, yes, you do. It's a jump to the no, left. No, we've talked about this. You know I've never right. seen Rocky Horror Picture Show. 
I don't believe you. I've never seen it. Are you being serious? Right I'm now? being serious. Yeah. Robert is my anthem. It was my. I know all the songs because but I. You I never went to, seen the movie. I was I in the high go, school theater group, so of course I know all the music. But you never saw the movie playing at midnight at the Tiffany Theater on Sunset. I would nope. go and we'd throw rice for the wedding scene. It was like audience involvement participation. Oh, I would go and I would throw rice. But you never watched the out. movie, right? 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 No, I know all of it. And the, you throw the spoons and like yes. all of that stuff. Yeah. 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 God, Just, you knew I've that. I've never seen it. I don't know if you're fucking. Are I'm you? not fucking with you. I'm being serious. I'm really surprised. Yeah. Maybe we should. Maybe we should. No, I don't think that appeals to you. No. All right, Rocky Horror Picture. No, I, don't, I would like to see it. Okay. It's on my list. Uh, maybe it's, for your... it's right before Transylvania 6 by 1000. Okay. Yeah, you want to see? You're comparing the two? Yeah. I can see why. There is an overlap. Yeah. Yeah. Another Jeff Goldblum, uh, Gina Davis matchup there. Mm, 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 yeah. Why do when you say that hot. like it's a porno? Well, when she was hot. <laughs> White Knights, he said. Uh, there's a tap challenge scene, but with the cast, you could hardly deny it's in the top five. Mm-hmm. For number two, and again, I like this, Young Frankenstein. Very nice. Putting on the Ritz. Yeah. You know what? Again, kudos to this guy. I'm sorry, what? Uh, what song is that? Uh, what song? Uh, putting on the Ritz. Oh, now <laughs> I know. When you're really funny stormy weather stormy weather big fan of cab calloway the nicholas brothers you haven't watched the athletic feats in this you should youtube it today he said um and then he said can't believe he forgot uh forbidden dance la bamba the dirty dancing havana nights staying alive and then another favorite listeners of ours said oh i like this top five this one's really fun the turning point which is really a good movie Mm -hmm. with ann bancroft and shirley mclean center stage the Red Shoes, first position, there's a documentary, I looked into it, and she said Billy, Billy Elliot with honorable mention, number six, Chicago, Ugh. for the brilliant, what, you had Billy Elliot? No. Yes, you. Chicago. Oh, okay, that's right. You didn't like, well, you no. don't like musicals. I don't. You don't like musicals but in general. Chicago. You don't like cabaret. No. That piece of trash. Um, yeah, well. I really tried to like cabaret. I really tried to open you didn't my like mind that to movie it at all. No, yeah. and I knew I wouldn't. I yeah. was like, "Well, see, you knew you wouldn't, so you went I with a pre." That might be true, but I really tried to open my mind. Look, I- I've done that before, but I've been like, I thought I was going to hate this movie, and I liked it. Mm-hmm. I can, I'm capable of opening my mind, but really, cabaret was just is exactly what I thought it was going to be, and I was it's not what I like in a movie. Chicago is also what I don't like in a movie. It's just too much. Just fucking knock it off. And Joel Gray, one supporting actor, beating out some heavyweights. All right. Uh, Chicago for the choreography, the music, the cast, the wardrobe, and the set. So she loved that. And we thank our listeners for their wonderful list of dance movies. Hardcore Henry. Oh, yeah. And Robert, talk us through it. Hardcore Henry is a 2015 film we pulled out of the vault. Yeah. Um, uh, mainly because, because why? Because I saw it. came it. up in conversation. Yeah, I saw it and I said, Ira, I think you should see this movie. And then you said, well, you want to do it for the show? And I said, sure, why not? <laughs> yeah, I, I was partially kidding and I was surprised you said, well, sure. Well, I was, uh, because I wanted to make sure you saw it. I wanted to make <laughs> that sure. Was that was your way yeah. to ins- uh, guarantee that I'll see the movie. Yeah. Because I, you know me too well. Well, you, if, if. Astute listeners will note that uh, <laughs> last week I mentioned that I, I watched the movie Hardcore, which had been on my list. And as I was looking up where to stream Hardcore, Hardcore Henry popped up. And I went, oh, yeah, that's right. I heard about this movie. I wanted to see this. And I never saw it. So Hardcore Henry is a, um, a, 
Is it Russian? I mean, it takes place in Russia. Yeah. Is it a Russian film? Yeah, uh, the crew was... Lar- look at their names. These are Russian dudes. Bob Smith. <laughs> Jenna S- Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget Miss Jones. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, so and I mean, Harry Rosenberg. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but all the actors... I mean, I guess not all the actors, but a lot of the actors are English or American. Is there... Are they American? It was shot in Russia. No, this, these and were I have, it's a largely a Russian crew. Yeah. So this is a Russian film, and it's it's all first person. So the whole movie, it's like a first person video game, yeah. and uh, it it's a very Jason Bourne kind of. I, I mean, it's nonstop action. You saw that? I think right? I sent you that as a text, and yeah. I was saying this is like Jason Bourne kind of. The only I, I get this really feels like a video game in a way that there are stages. There's a boss level. That's I right. mean, I, I, I guess. Know. A lot of the video games are really kind of informed from movies, so the comparison here is um, is fair, like to compare these the, a movie and a and a video game in that way. But this movie is uh, it's about a guy who is cloned and is trying to get, he's trying to save his wife who's been kidnapped, right? She been, he's trying to get her back. Yes, and he's fighting against this evil overlord of the uh of the russian underground who also has telekinetic powers yeah he can make things float yeah is she really his wife so (laughs) he has to basically shoot a million bad guys that's that's basically (laughs) that's it right there i mean there's there's not i'm not i'm not sure if there's a a a wonderful storyline here it's come for the spectacle. Grab some popcorn, That's sit it. down, and That's watch it. a whole bunch of That's people it. get blown away. In well, a you just summed it up, didn't you? Yeah. You know, I got to tell you that I did a little research before watching the movie, and when I read that there were like at least a half a dozen people who played the part of Henry, I thought, what? Before I understood the device that was used in the yeah. film. Then, of course, I understood that even the director played the part of Henry for some scenes where we see arms flailing so around funny. and things like that. So there were like a half a dozen different people who played the part of Henry. Um, I'll tell you what confused me. Yes. Henry's main uh, accomplice along the way is this guy, Jimmy. Yeah, I thought he died. Boop, I th- there he is again. Thought he died. Boop, there he is well, again. Well, I kept thinking it was different people. And I'm like, how me many too. Jimmies is he going to have to... Uh, I, okay, okay. I'll, let me rephrase right. that. I thought, I thought there were different people and then... I was like, wait, this guy's name is Jimmy. Wasn't the last guy's I name know, Jimmy? Know, and then I, I went, oh, wait, this, these are different people each I time. almost backed up. I almost backed up yeah. the movie. I was like, oh, wait, that, he died. We saw him die in an explosion. But I really like that. And, of course, there was a logical reason. They were all clones, and the real Jimmy was in a wheelchair. Right. Yeah. And so he was using these clones. He was popping into these right, right. different clones. Yeah, and as a bum, an alcoholic, a vague, yeah, different. Do you remember what I was telling you before about the TV show Eon Flux? Do you remember that? No. It was a cartoon. It was not too long ago. Yes. And, and he died. It, Eon Flux will die in certain episodes. And you love that. And, and then they just restart. With no explanation. This had that same vibe. Yeah. Of like, okay, well, the character that we've grown to love, because Jimmy's a really great character. He's very funny and charming, but has different sides of his personality. Like, each clone is a little bit yeah, different. Yeah, yeah, But um, when Jimmy dies, it's a little like, ah. Oh, but then you get another one just a few seconds later. That's, that's like, you like that. This is yeah. so much fun. And again, this movie had a logical, logical explanation for that. Yeah. Yeah. What did so, you think? So, what did you... Oh, I got you first. What did you think? I first want to preface my comments by saying that I think you also watched it on Tubi TV. Yeah. I watched it on Tubi TV also. Other movies are on Tubi TV, completely free. I think 30... 
Love is on Tubi. What's TV. that? Yeah, it's a movie buddy that we did together. We did? That our listeners can watch for free. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know where else they can watch it for free? Oh, where? YouTube.com. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's on. That's right. It's on YouTube, yeah. Tubi TV. Yeah. They can even buy the Blu-ray if they want. Why Come would on. they want to do that? Because we haven't talked about this in quite a while. But why would you want to buy the Blu-ray well, if you can watch? Oh, it you want to know why? Why? Oh, lots of it. Exclusive bonus features, narrative. What? You and me talking for an hour and a half. We're talking deleted scenes. We're talking the gag reel. Yeah. We're talking all this cool behind-the-scenes stuff. And it's in Blu-ray, which is actually more vivid than watching it on YouTube or Tubi. Wow. Mm-hmm. So there's your answer, Kimasabi. Oh, yeah, it's nice. Uh, seeing that, I want to say something about Tubi TV. The commercial interruptions did not bother me. And in fact, with this, first of all, there were a lot fewer than I thought. Mm-hmm. It was quite like every 20 minutes. And it was just like two or three commercials. I didn't think it was 20. I think it was like every like half, half an hour. hour. Yeah. And then, and there were only like two commercials. Yeah, two or and three. Then, and especially, I think you might appreciate what I'm about to say. With the intensity and the frenzied attitude of this film, it was a respite. Yeah. Can you appreciate I that? Can. I when can. the commercial came in, I was able to pull back and... Just breathe, breathe for a get through the commercials, they don't let you fast forward, and then it starts up again. It was actually easier to watch with the commercials. You can, you can appreciate that, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, okay, so I found it, it was very much like a video game. It was quite clever in raising the stakes, because this guy, again, had no voice, and he had to get his batteries charged, this half-robot guy, uh, and we're following it through his point of view. What I want to ask you is, did the technique become wearisome after 90 minutes? Now, Probably. you knew I was going to ask that. Probably. That's my core question for this this podcast. After a while, like after 30 minutes, like, all right, this point of view, it was clever, extremely well done. The stunts, the stunts were incredible to watch. But after a while, it was a barrage of frenzied stuff. And I think for an hour and a half, it got a little bit... I don't know. I felt Did you like, check out at all during the movie? Well, I, I, here's where I checked out. Yeah, yeah. I checked out toward the end. By the, the way, I liked it. I did too. Okay, go ahead. I did too. Yeah. I checked out toward the end when he, like right before the final boss scene, like right at the very end, it was starting to get a little like, okay, we've seen this so many times. It's a guy who is fighting off 30 different bad guys in a bunch of different ways. Um. But when it pulled me back in was probably the last three or four minutes of the movie. Um, I, there was a cool part where all of these clones are levitating from our main bad guy. And he, our, our hero actually uses them as stairs. Like he jumps from one <gasps> levitating person to another, to another, to another, <laughs> so that he can grab the main bad guy who's you floating You reconnected to that movie, didn't And you? I was yeah. like, well, this is pretty this cool. This is pretty cool. You know, like he's using the levitation against him. Um, and then, of course, there was a, there's a final scene in a helicopter oh. that is oh. fantastic. And you knew. You know me well enough to know that I applauded. Yes. Yes. Should we say what it is? Sure, go ahead. Well, yeah, we find out that she wasn't. That's why I alluded a little bit early in this podcast. Was she really the wife of our hero? No. And the answer is no. And they show this one scene just before the scene you're talking about where we actually – his memory is wiped – but it's slowly coming back. We see that she said, I this love you, wife, Henry. Or the, what yes. he believed to be his yes. wife. Yes. Right. And then we see shots of her saying, uh, 
I love you, Henry. I love you, Larry. I love you, Bob. I love you, Willie. That she said this to everybody. Right. And that he was being used and manipulated. And that's why that emotional final scene was such a, a I cheered, yeah. I cheered, where she's dangling from a helicopter and I think he slams the door on her fingers right. and lets her fall to her death. Is that right? Yeah. 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 And she's begging him, like, please, yeah. please. And I love, you. love that. And, and then I sent you a text saying, Well, you're not implying that I hate women, are you? And he said, No, absolutely not. But you just like women who done you wrong. Mm-hmm. She got her come come up and snap. She got her come? Come well, that too, I hope. Yeah. Her come and her come up. Yeah, and her come up. You know, I just made this crazy list while I was watching it. I, I like to do this summer that we saw Henry, and again, we should say he's like half robotic stuff with limbs. He can't talk. and uh, Cyborg. He, no, yeah, no, no, no memory, and he needs to get his battery charged. So that's raising the stakes. Yep. Well, that was there. That was kind of clever. Got to get that battery charged. He was chasing people on stairs and alleys on rooftops in a brothel on a freeway. You had to have with, loved the brothel. The bro- oh, yeah, I was hard. Uh, with cars, a tank, a submarine, and a helicopter. I could wait to share this list with you. And that's just some of it. That's just some of it. I thought this movie was a lot of fun. I do too. Um, I read that they had originally tried to make this much more serious and make it a more serious uh, tone, but they realized this. We just got to make this goofy. Yeah. And I think that was the right move. I think this was a a lot more enjoyable. I think if this had really been taking itself more serious, I think it would have been even harder for that premise to have worked right. for so long. Right. Um, in a way, this movie reminds me of, do you know Yui Bull? Do you know who that is? I don't. So he's a filmmaker, and I can't remember where he's, what country he's from. Uh, what is that? Scandinavian? Munich? German? Oh, oh, I can't remember. Anyway, he made a movie called Rampage, and this movie kind of reminds me of Rampage. Um, and Rampage is about a guy who basically, uh, I don't even think there's any, like, there's no preamble to the story. He just puts on a Kevlar vest, gets these high-powered guns, and just walks through a town and just starts shooting everybody. It's like a, a mass shooting. Yeah. And the cops are trying to kind of catch up with him, and then he like ducks into a laundromat and just starts shooting everyone. But it's not funny. It's very, it's kind of serious. Like here's a point of view of someone who is just shooting up an entire town. Right. And that's the whole movie. That's the whole movie is just this guy going on a rampage how for an hour it, and a how half. Does it end? Uh, he winds up basically making the cops think that it was somebody else and he gets away. So he gets away. Yeah. yeah. And then they set up Rampage 2 and Rampage 3. So he, like, I think there's sequels. I just saw the first one. I must have wow. the other ones. But um, I could see that if this movie was taking itself a little bit more seriously, it would definitely have a Rampage kind of vibe. And there's already some similarities between the two of them because it's just nonstop action. Um, but I do think that this movie is a lot more fun to watch. I almost felt kind of dirty watching Rampage yeah. because it felt like. Um, uh, what am I trying to say? It's it, it just felt like there. I knew that this was not going to end well. It felt like I was watching something I'm, I shouldn't be watching. Like if I was watching an actual shooter's yeah, uh, yeah. video, I'd yeah. be like, "This is these are people's lives that are are being lost yeah. here." And I guess I guess what I felt about with Rampage was I knew that some people were going to see this film and go, "That's awesome! I want to do yeah. that." That's yeah. what made me feel bad yeah. about it. Where this hardcore is Henry's playful. more of a comic book, right? 
it had a comic book vibe to right. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I do think it was an example of style over substance. The movie has been criticized for plot, but actually I think they did it. I think there was a the plot there was, a was story. there and it yeah. paid off and yeah. it had a cool twist ending, which we already spoiled for our listeners. And again, with the clock ticking, with the fact he had to get his battery charged, and it did have a payoff. So there was a basic beginning, middle, and end structure. There was a plot, but it definitely was all about style and the video game feel to the whole movie. Yeah. Um, but again, I wanted to ask you that core point was like after ninety minutes was that device a little bit, a little bit. Uh, numbing is a harsh word, but like we get it, and that's why I welcome the commercials yeah. so I could pull back and breathe a little bit. Cool music, by the way. I like they even had like the Magnificent Seven theme. They had interesting. Yeah. They had cool music throughout the whole film, and the stunts were magnificent. They were yeah, they were incredibly incredible. well done. Now, do you know who this director is? Oh, I can look on my cheat sheet. And well, tell not not just the name, but what he directed. Prior he, to this movie? Di- no, after. This was his first movie. Yeah. And he's done some music videos and things like that, but he directed the movie Nobody. Do you remember with Bob Odenkirk? Of course I do. Yeah. So you know what? That, that was the second se- movie. That makes sense. Yeah. That it has makes a sense. very similar vibe. Absolutely. Abs- over the top. Yep. Especially in the last third of Nobody with yeah. the shootout at the end. Yes, I didn't realize the same director. Hey, that's kind of interesting that the name, the title Nobody stuck in your brain. You know which movie I was talking about. How about that? See, my retention's pretty darn good. Now, let me ask you this. What? Yeah, Nobody's a romantic comedy, <laughs> and Michelle Pfeiffer yeah. was in it, and she was wonderful with Alec Baldwin, and it was kind of a sappy ending, but it worked for me. What do you remember about the Nicole Kidman movie where she was like the oh, scuzzy... Gosh. Yeah. First of all, the title. Can you remember the one-word title? Um, it starts with a D. Is there a D in that title? Uh, Undercover Cop, Deceive, Deception, de- something, de- something like that. The best thing about that movie, my friend, was that it was shot in L.A., mm-hmm. and we recognized some of the scenes that took place two blocks from here, right? Yeah. Um, and we watched it together in a theater, and your point is that it was largely forgettable. At least it was for me. Which was kind of sad, because I could tell she was really trying to... Mm-hmm. Uh, this this was supposed to be, like, her big, like, uh, not comeback, but, like, a, it, it was kind of an, a, an indie attempt. Yeah, at maybe an Oscar or at least an Independent Spirit Award. What was the title? Destroyer. Well, I was right. One word of the D. Yep. Yeah, destroy. Horrible title, kind of. Destroyer. But nobody, I would argue, is. I mean, kind of similar. Kind of. Mm, but nobody is memorable, memorable, and Destroyer isn't. It is. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. I mean, we have the luxury of no nobody being more recent, but not that That's recent. That not, not that wouldn't filter into what I'm how why I feel the way I do yeah I think it was just a better movie and um, I remember it so much better than I do with the Nicole Kidman movie yeah and that over the top shootout interesting is the same director who did Hardcore Henry mm-hmm. yeah yeah so I, I liked it I mean, I I'm really glad I saw it and um, and the sequence in the brothel Mm-mm-mm. yeah that sequence of the brothel was pretty good I gotta I gotta say yeah the movie gave the illusion of almost being a continuous shot yes. with a little bit of cheating. Yes. Sometimes they did do jump cuts. Yeah. Sometimes they went to a jump cut. They didn't even try to merge the two images together. But for the most part, it was like 85%, I think, giving the illusion of a continuous take. And it was really well done. Was it 2015, I think? Yeah, 2015. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm really glad I saw it. I'm glad I saw it. What's your money shot? Ah, I have a few. May okay. I? Okay. 
Well, How this is good that you have multiple money shots. Yeah. Well, I mean, sometimes we have we struggle to have one money shot. Mm-hmm. And you've got several. I wonder if this is going to be a movie that retains itself in our minds a lot easier. Well, the brothel sequence right. will stay with me for the rest of my life. I'm sure. <laughs> well, that's only three more weeks, so. <laughs> um, but there's something about the brothel that I want to share with you. This oh. is very Ira. And it has nothing to do with I'm sex. not sure I want to share anything no, in a brothel with you. But it is a you. money shot, but it's so specific, and I'm wondering if you caught this or not. After we're outside the brothel. Things you catch in a no, brothel, I'm no. not, I don't want okay, to have any part to do it. Not in the brothel during the sex act, but outside the brothel, moments oh. later, where the girls were all hyper and yelling at each other about what happened. And I don't know if this was done in an attempt of humor, but I've never seen this done in a movie where the, um, the subtitles of all the girls talking at once were, did you catch this? Yeah. Were layered on top of each other, yeah. and a few of them were crooked. Yeah. A few, you noticed that, yeah. didn't you? I laughed out loud because I think normally it would just be girls screaming at each other. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it was like with a wink. It was so funny, Robert, that like five or six girls all talking at once. What the hell? Subtitle, subtitle, sub. And they're layered on top of each other crooked. To where you couldn't even read them. Yes. Right? It was getting yes. so, so many subtitles that. It was like, this is unreadable. That's, that's a money shot. I just yeah. thought that was kind of brilliant. Yeah, I'd funny. never seen that done in a movie before. There were other scenes that were so good, Robert, where we're like going into the scope of a rifle. Mm-hmm. When we go into the scope, then we actually merge into the actual scene itself, going through the viewer of yeah. the rifle. I just love that. Um, the opening up of the chest cavity. Do you remember that? Yeah. Of the bad guy. And then himself. His own chest cavity. Himself. Yeah. So again, POV. Looking down, we see the sh- being ripped open and his innards and so on. And there was something about where we see the quote wife, unquote, you know, saying, I love you, different name. I love you, different name. That she said this and played this game with other men. And there's a manipulative bitch. Those are my money shots. Go ahead. I think for me, the, the, the brothel scene was great. Yes. Um, but I think the the last shot of the movie, slamming the door down on his wife, <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be yeah. definitely up there on yeah. my uh, in oh, yeah. my money shot list. Yeah. Um, and then for whatever reason, I think it's probably the poster that's influenced me because the poster is him falling through the sky, and I think it was I had seen the poster and thought, okay, I'm gonna I'm waiting for this scene from the poster, and they gave it to me pretty early, which is when he got ejected. Out of the la- the laboratory that was in a an airplane or yes. a zeppelin or something, yeah, and he goes hurtling towards the earth, and I was like, "That's a really cool little sequence, yeah. like seeing the earth coming at you." Yes, and I think I was waiting for that to to, to come up. So I think that wound up being a money shot for me as well. I agree. So I agree. there's so many really great moments in this movie. Um, I understand what you're saying about maybe the premise wearing a little thin. But I don't know. I think it's still worth checking out. It's a great little movie. And here's my question. Rotten Tomatoes, 51%. Yeah, I don't know. What's up with that? I think it's just people that... There's nothing that's socially redeeming here. This is just a good, fun action movie. I don't know. I I think critics have a hard time with this. Is the audience score that low? I feel like the audience score is going to be a lot higher. No, this is the critics. This is the critics score. Yep, you're right. But um, you know what yeah. the audience is? No, I don't have that number in front of me. But I'll the critics, up. the consensus of the critics, uh, to reinvent the action fic without a story, without characters worth caring about, its first-person gimmick quickly loses its thrill. Ouch! That's harsh. That's harsh. I don't agree. Mm. Yeah. Any rate, 
So um, I'm glad I saw it. Hardcore Henry. Yeah. Anti-wave. Is it anti-wave? Well, the you audience does it? have it higher yeah, at 54 No. Yeah. I thought it'd be like 83. Yeah, that's what I thought. Wow. Man, I don't know why they didn't like this movie so much. But I enjoyed it. On IMDb, there were almost all nines and tens. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, you go first. Yeah, this movie's anti-wave. <laughs> I mean, first of all, you the the whole concept, the whole right. um the whole gimmick of shooting it first person is very avant-garde, but it's also it's a very independent movie um in the sense that you could tell this was made by a team of people with great love for yeah. what they were doing. Yeah. And that is totally translated yeah. in the screen. And I think you know, they were definitely kind of figuring out how how can we do this in a in a cheap way. They had to crowdsource some of the funding for this movie. Uh, but they, I think they had to figure out how can we do this inexpensively but not sacrifice the quality of the film. And I think everyone kind of knew that they were on board for something special. That's what it sure seemed like is that this was a group of people that wanted to do it for the love of making a cool film. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, I mean, the storyline is... I would not give it a. Um, I would not say it's a, an anti-wave storyline. It's kind of trite, like this idea of. I mean, trying to get the bad guy who done you wrong. I mean, in a lot of ways, it's RoboCop, right? I mean, this is the same thing as RoboCop, or I mean, there's like a million of these kind of yeah, movies. Yeah, absolutely. Trying absolutely. to get even with the people who made him. Right. Right. Frankenstein. Yeah. Well, does well he, come, he doesn't go after Victor Fra- Frankenstein, but I know what you're saying. Um, obviously elements of anti-wave that I, I, my first note here is that it was a bunch of unknowns, but I didn't realize the director made nobody, but, it but was he was still, unknown at the time. This was his right. first movie. That's right. So it was unknowns. Obviously the way it was shot, the style of the movie, very violent, even though it was comic book violent, it was still very violent. The only element that did not make it anti-wave was, well, the ending where she gets her comeuppance yeah. and it could have been more anti-wave perhaps if, um, if he dies, it, I would uh, argue though that that does make it anti-wave. I feel like in an yeah, in yeah, a traditional yeah. Hollywood movie, she would be he got the girl, yeah, she kisses him, her, kissing him, we'll back take you together. back to the lab, right? We'll make you whole again. We'll live happily ever after, right? Yeah, and get all his memories back. You're hovering all. at eight point eight, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. It's quite a thrill ride. Yeah, this is a fun little movie. I'm glad we saw it. Hardcore Henry. Hey man, what'd you see this week? Ah, some are old, some are new. We now present the Week in Review. But first, Hmm? Robert, is there someone sponsoring the segment? AVGearGuy.com. Do tell. AVGearGuy.com has over 30 years in experience of the business of transferring your non-digital media over to digital media. This is all of your home slides, your negatives, your movies, your home movies. Send those over to AVGearGuy.com. He'll transfer them for you and send them up on the interweb for you so you can share them with all of your friends and family and relatives. See those old home movies you haven't seen and... 35 years. <laughs> We're both clients of his. He has state-of-the-art equipment. Mm-hmm. His ex- prices are extremely reasonably priced. And uh, and if you just mentioned our podcast, you get a 5% discount mm. off of what's on his website, avgearguy.com. Okay. I'll go first. Oh, go. Yeah. I saw... This is going to be good. No, oh. I, actually it's not. I, I got kind of busy this week, so I didn't see too much great stuff. But I did see... Uh, I saw 48 Hours. You saw it before? 
I had, but it had been a long yeah. time. Yeah. How was that? It's okay. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of arguably the first buddy cop movie. Uh, Eddie Murphy is not particularly funny in this movie. It's 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 weird. Like I think many people might think, oh, it's Eddie Murphy, but it's not your classic Eddie Murphy. He's just kind of a guy. Um, I mean, he's got a couple of scenes that are like, okay, that's some classic Eddie Murphy stuff, but it's not his usual wisecracking that you would see. And I, I'm sure if they made this movie in 1994 instead of 1984 with Eddie Murphy at the top of his game, there would be a lot. Eddie Murphy would be full Eddie Murphy. But this is before Beverly Hills Cop. I was this is before say. a lot of the, the shtick that he yeah. does, yeah. which I really like. I do like Eddie Murphy in that kind of role. But um, it, it's playing the same kind of character, but it's not, uh, it's not nearly as wisecracking. And then I started, uh, I didn't finish it, but I did start another 48 hours. And kind of the same thing, a little bit more wisecracking. Mm-hmm. Seems like he's kind of starting to find his rhythm. Mm-hmm. But it is kind of interesting if you watch those movies. Not too long ago, I saw all the Beverly Hills Cop movies. It is interesting to see his kind of transition and, and the way that he starts to become comfortable in that kind of role. So I saw that. Um, I also saw a, oh, I can't remember the name of the documentary. I got to go look it up. Um, there's a, oh, what's it called? Like, where is she? There's a new documentary on Netflix. I'm into, the, I, I got to admit, I'm, I'm into the true crime documentaries. Um, I, I feel like a, no, like a 28 year old chick who loves those. They all, you know. The women. What, what are you saying? Women are drawn to these movies more than men. Yes, is that I your do. Premise here and the podcasts, the true crime stuff. That's always the women's domain. Huh. You're looking at me like I'm a weirdo, but I'm. I'm, I'm processing what you're saying. I'm telling you, it's true. And in fact, producer Joey is the only. It's the exception to the rule because she's like, I don't really like that stuff. But almost every other female I know has been like, Oh yeah, and this one killer, he kidnapped. Da, 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 da. It's, it's fucking weird. But I gotta admit, I'm into it too. So it's a new Netflix documentary. It wasn't a series. It was just a, a one film documentary about a, um, a girl who, how do, how do I even explain this? She wound up, they found her body and had been run over. And they were trying to figure out what happened to her body. But they found all these bruises that had been like older bruises. And they thought that it might be a... Um, a domestic abuse kind of situation and they they suspected her husband and then they found out later on through the investigation that it actually wasn't her husband it was her dad and that he had been raping her for a series like a, a long series of years and then making her go to um different like uh strip clubs and strip and even have sex with different people for money this is her her dad and he, what's the name of this brilliant movie? It, <laughs> it's it's called like where is she? Who is yeah. she? I think yeah. that's what it's called. Yeah. Who who? No no. It's like the girl in the picture. I think that's what it's called. Mm. That's what it's called. And then we find out through the course of the film that it's not even her dad. He had kidnapped her when she was really young, and basically had been raising her as his own, and just been like abusing her for years and years, and she had been switching identities all of this time all through like high school and just this really tragic life and she had all this promise and and 
it, it was it's just a really sad experience of what happened to her once she dies she had a a, a boy who had been in the foster care system well the the dad slash husband shows up to this boy which is his grandson sons whatever he winds up showing up to the kid's school and kidnaps the kid at gunpoint takes the principal and says you're going to give me this kid and like has him at gunpoint and then takes the principal ties him up in the forest and then goes along with the kid and then eventually kills the kid it's a total piece of shit I'm fascinated by your premise that women are more drawn to these types of oh, things. Oh, that's, that's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, we've got listeners. Tell me if I'm wrong. Yeah. We welcome feedback. Yeah. 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 Can't wait to hear what the esoteric listener has to say about your premise here. Mm. Oh, yeah. I love this the true crime, whatever, <laughs> yeah. podcast. Yeah, and... the, yeah. Those blokes deserved it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Anyway, that's what I saw. Got it. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Chua. Chua. Like un de chua. T-R-O-I-S. How come you only said it twice? I know. Because, well, chua, chua, chua. Okay. Which is, of course, French, like a menage a chua. We're talking three. And by the way, I've got to tell you, believe it or not, there's actually two sequels. (laughs) Chua 2. I'm not making this up. Chua 2? Chua 2. And there's Chua 3. There really is. And it's about uh, group sex. Anyway, I don't remember anything else about it, but it did what it's supposed to do. Now, let's move on to something else. The second movie that I saw. Okay. Twatu. <laughs> I saw again years Electric later. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> yeah, I kind of like. That. I had the poster for that. Breakfast at Tiffany's. Uh oh. We already talked a couple years ago. You and I spoke about Mickey Rooney and the whole Asian with the buck teeth, the glasses, and all that stuff, and how offensive that would be. And I, I get that. I might want to talk about that. That movie, I think, I think was quite a misfire. It's not good. Oh, it's horrible. It's not a good Thank movie. Thank you. Thank you. Now, I want to say that as far as was it an important film, obviously, that the black and white photograph of Audrey... Uh, with with the the cigarette yeah. with the long holder right. with the sunglasses that's iconic yeah. and it's one of the grandest photographs taken in the last century it is that mm-hmm. image just resonated with so many people and but I thought that it, it, George Pappard was so passive in that film he was just like uh, going along as an observer Blake Edwards directed this movie and I thought that's where they went wrong it should have been a Blake Edwards I'm telling you Blake Edwards is not you said that you said that he's not a good director didn't he do the party did he do the party as well yes he did which is also another shit movie yeah yeah so I this movie this movie just left me we did do the great race not the great escape but the great race which had its moments okay the music I, we liked, of course, with Moon River, with Henry Mancini, we get all that. Truman Capote did not like, you know that. He even didn't want Audrey. He thought the casting was all wrong. He wrote the novel, of mm-hmm. course, upon which is based. But I thought the movie was boring and slow, and I didn't understand the point. And what the fuck was up with a cat at the end? It was all what about the, end? the cat. Or she, in the rain, in the rain, where she realizes that the older dude isn't for her, and it's really George Papard that she wants, and she let she kicked her cat out of the house, and then she found it in the alley. She found it in the alley with the rain, and she picked up this orange cat and cuddled it and held it with George Papard, and she was so happy, and she was snuggling with the cat, and we hear, Moon River. What the fuck was up with the cat? Is that the ending? Yes. 
That's I thought how the ending was her walking down the street away from Tiffany's. No? No, it's in the rain holding the cat. Oh. Yeah. All right. But what a misfire. Yeah. And I don't understand why it's hardly regarded. Somebody said, and I can't remember who it was that said this, but they were basically, they were comparing, and I can't remember the other movie they were comparing it to, but they were comparing Breakfast at Tiffany's to I don't know, something like uh, like uh, uh, Austin Powers of posters in dorm rooms of like more posters in dorm rooms of bad movies that you would go back and watch and be like, this is a shit movie. And it was basically like, which one do you think is more so that way? Like these, everyone had an Austin Powers poster or breakfast at Tiffany's poster, but both of those movies are dog shit. Yes. That's what it was. Something like that. It may not have been Austin Powers, but it was something like that. And I was like, that that's such a, a very fine tuned nuanced, like, yes. Uh, spot on uh, critique of American pop culture. That is so true. That is so true. Everybody had the fucking poster. I know. Yeah, it was either that or Papa Hemingway, the famous black and white, or Einstein, of course, riding the bike sticking out his tongue. Those were the posters. But as far as movies, you're so right. Breakfast at Tiffany's, I don't get it. And, you know, we could talk about, well, what was she? Was she a prostitute? Was she a socialite? What what was the deal with Holly Golightly? Anyway, I don't know when I didn't care. I just needed this movie to end. It was really kind of a mess of nothingness. Why did you watch it? I was curious. Because I owe that to you and our listeners. (laughs) I'm an astute observer of cinema. Were you watching it with somebody? Of cinema. Yeah, maybe so. I thought, you know, I get lucky. Okay. What a mess. Anyway, breakfast Look how I was able to (laughs) dissect and figure that out. Very funny. You know me too well, my friend. All right. What else did you see? That's it. That's Those it? two movies. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Just Breakfast at Tiffany's on repeat? Repeat? Yeah, you just watched it and watched over it. Over and over and over again. Yeah. You watched it once, twice, twa times. Twa times. That's it. I'm, I'm waiting for you to get like a news rhyme. But you're not. I thought you were doing that, but you're not. No, there's no news. But you're supposed to still. We can still acknowledge the segment. No, I'm not. I, I, I'm not going to acknowledge news. Was no. We haven't announced it yet on the what, show. What? What? Ira did <laughs> not have Look, any. Actually, <laughs> he has a blank sheet of paper. <laughs> she just says in the news with nothing. Listen, I, Robert. I sent you two texts. Two. Count them to saying, hey, buddy, I can use some news items here for our, as a segment for our but show. you're the news I girl. Anything. What? You're the news I'm girl. I'm not just Robin Quivers. I'm your, uh, you're my, what's his name? Uh, uh, Stern. Howard Stern. <laughs> you forget Howard Stern, <laughs> Howard, but you Howard remember Stern, Robin, Robin Quivers. Quivers. But I, I needed help. You didn't give it to me. But you know what? I scoured the internet. You it's scoured been a sl- the internet. I did. It's been Nothing a sleep- happened this it's week. It's been a sleepy week for Hollywood motion picture industry. Nothing of any interest happened. Truly. I challenge you and our listeners to come up with a valid news item that I should have included. There ain't nothing. These all sound like lies. Uh, all no, sounds I really like spend lies. And what I want to hear are the truths. No. Well, now you're doing the rhyme, but we just finished the segment. <laughs> See, Robert, you're supposed to do that at the beginning, not at the end, when I say I ain't got nothing. And now you're doing the rhyming scheme? Yeah, that's really good. At any rate, next week we'll try to do better. Oh, let's let's do something that I know you succeeded in. I know I know you've got this. What? Who died this week? Ah, I'm good at that. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Gotta tell you, unfortunately, most of the following people they didn't turn. I got some really good names. Okay. So you're gonna find this quite interesting. First of all, Gregory Itzin, 74-year-old American actor, he was in Lincoln, Spielberg's Lincoln, uh, in The Mentalist, 
And he also, you might know him, buddy, from the TV show 24, where he played the part of the president. Can I just say? Charles Logan. You can't fuck with the story of Lincoln. Like, people are going to look at that as if it's historical fact. And Spielberg's version is not historically accurate. I heard There's that. a lot of, like, like taking liberty with the story. Mm-hmm. But that opens up this fascinating question about when you do a biopic, what's your um, responsibility to be as accurate as possible? Well, it's an interesting question, but especially when you've got Daniel Day Lewis yeah. and you're fucking Spielberg. Yeah. yeah, I don't know, man. People are going to be looking at that as like the definitive version, and you start adjusting the timeline and and making things happen that didn't actually happen. I know, I know. That's really irresponsible. It is irresponsible filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Gregory's dead. I mean, uh, it's not like Hardcore Henry where they adjusted the truth <laughs> that really a little happened? bit. Yeah. That really happened. Uh, but he what, did play the part of the President Charles Logan in 24. Wow. This is really interesting, Robert. And I questioned this when I first read it. I want to talk to you about Monty Norman. He was a 94-year-old American composer. He's responsible for the James Bond theme. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh, didn't, uh, what's his name do it? John. John, what's his last name? John, you know, who did all those lush scores like Out of Africa. Uh, John, he also died a, a few... I don't know what you're talking about. Yes, you do. No, I don't. John what? Barry. John Barry? Yeah, we associated him with James Bond music. I, I didn't know that. He did a lot of... Yeah, he did. But what John Barry did was he took Monty Norman's basic theme and he made it more lush. Uh-huh. He added strings. He added many, many other instruments to sound even more bitchin'. So before it was... Wow. Wow. James Bond theme is the main signature theme music of the James Bond films has been featured in every production since Dr. No in 1962. The piece has been used as accompanying fanfare to the gun barrel sequence in every Bond film besides Casino Royale uh, reboot in 2006. Why did they do it in Casino Royale? I don't know. Why do they feel like they have to fuck <laughs> up James Bond? Yeah, so we would talk about it. That's why. Stupid. Yeah, but you know that famous logo with the opening where we're looking through the gun barrel. Yes, no, I don't, you know, do. I don't yes, you do. So anyway, he wrote that score. How about that? Huh. I want to let you know that. Um, and you know what? It was kind of hard for me to not include him with a Silver Spotlight Award because that theme is in our brains. It is. And it's quite significant for filmgoers. However, he did not get the Silver Spotlight Award. Oh, that no, he didn't. Instead, I thought about Gene Hackman, dead. Dick what? Van Dyke, dead. Mel Brooks, dead. And Pepe Le Pew, dead. But you're just skipping past all of their nah, careers? I don't care. Yeah, whatever. Dead, 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 dead. But let's talk about someone who did die who is getting the Silver Spotlight Award. Okay. Are you familiar with L.Q. Jones? Does that name mean anything to you? No. American actor. He was in the Wild Bunch, Hang Him High. He... he Wrote and directed A Boy and His Dog. Robert, are you familiar with that yeah, movie? Yeah, I've seen it, yeah. I saw that movie in the theater when it first came out, and I liked it a lot. He did lots of Sam Peckinpah movies, Ride the High Country, Major Dundee, Wild Bunch, Ballard of Cable Hope. I mean, I've seen most of these. You would think I would know who he is. Battle, uh, Pat Garrett, Billy the Kid, and Casino. He had a pivoting moment in Casino. He was in The Patriot, The Mask of Zorro, Prairie Home Companion. Lots of TV in Western Cheyenne, Rawhide, Gunsmoke, Laramie, Wagon Train, The Virginian. But again, I embrace Harlan Ellison's, uh, wrote the novel, novelella of Boy and His Dogs. So he wrote the screenplay and he directed it. And what a life this 94-year-old actor had. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Candle Corner, Celebrity Birthday. I just have one for you. Just one. No. Harrison Ford. Is he still alive? 80. Not much longer. 80 years old. How about that? 
Well, happy birthday. We wish him a happy birthday. That's it for Coroner's Corner and Candle Corner. I now know who LQ Jones is. Oh, did you look at his face? Yeah. You, now look recognize at that haircut, man. Yeah. He's yeah. rocking the same haircut from 1976. You know whose haircut that is? Who's? That's the same haircut, only white, but it's the same haircut as, uh, what's his name from No Country from Old Men? Oh, Bob, Bob, Harv, Havon, Javier. Javier Bardem. Bardem, yeah. 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 That's you're right. the same haircut. Yeah. Interesting. Look at all the movies he did. Yeah. Everybody go Google cool. LQ Jones and, and, look the, at his and then look at Javier Bardem's uh, haircut from No Country for Old Men. He did a lot, that guy. Okay. All right. All right. You want to do some top five? And hit it, Vern. It's time to give a listen, you little creeps, to our top five. All right. Our top five this week is... POV shots. POV shots. Why don't yeah. you go first? This, am I go, is there anything you need to define? Not really. And let's just jump right into it. You know, Robert, I thought long and hard on this. And you and I have had a discussion in the last five and a half years about should we ever, should we make an effort to not include the primary film we're discussing within the top five? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it feels, well, if you can't come up with something else or if you really, really feel belongs in the top five, and I am including hardcore Henry. I am too. Are you really? Yeah. And I thought if I didn't include it, I would be disingenuous. Yeah. That was what I embraced. I'd well, be that's kind of the same. I have extras that I could put in. I could I could work it out, but I could too. If someone said name a, a POV movie, this would now come to mind. Right. Right. I'm yeah. glad we agree on that. Yeah. But I, I did put it down for number five for all the reasons we've already discussed. Hardcore Henry is my number five. All right. My is number it, five is it your is, number five. Also, not, it's not, uh, no. is make your number one. It's my number. No. It's not my no number okay. One. Uh, my number five though is an Alfred Hitchcock movie. Yeah. Now, Hitchcock is known for using POV. Um, you know, we've got, we've got some great stuff in, um, uh, oh, what's it called? The uh, uh, Rear Window. Uh, you've got some really good stuff. Even in, uh, in uh, Psycho, there's some good stuff. But my favorite POV from Hitchcock is from 1958, Vertigo. And you think about it, all of the Vertigo scenes are all POV when he's dangling from the, the gutter down, looking down scared, and yeah, yeah, yeah. having all of the, yeah, the POV yeah, shots. Yeah. That's a really nice, interesting way to kind of make us feel like we have vertigo. That's like really good. That's yeah. really good. Nice. Thank nice. You. My number four, and you know how much I love this movie. Yep. RoboCop. Oh. The first one. not the. You know, somebody got me the remake for my birthday. That's a great movie. <laughs> what, the remake? The first one was better. You know that. Yeah, the first one. And 1987. Yeah. Oh, we're, wait. We're, I forgot. Oh, we're doing the year game with you. RoboCop was 1987. Very good, Robert. And there were obviously a lot of people. We've seen this done before. But for some reason, I love RoboCop so much. And it just worked where we see it from the robot's point of view, where we see the digital numbers around the perimeter of the shot. And um, it worked for me. That was my number four. You know, I totally agree with you. And that plays really nicely into my number four. My number four is the same kind of thing. It's the same kind of um, look around. It's an action movie where we see all the numbers on the side and everything else. Um, And I could have gone with a movie like Predator, which had a similar concept. I didn't go with RoboCop. Instead, I went with what I believe to be the original version of all of this, 1984, The Terminator. Terminator. I knew you were going to say Terminator. I knew you were going to say Terminator. Yeah. And that same, it was used just as, yeah, it was like... The precursors are like the first to do it that way. Yep. Where we see the digital readout. Yeah, you're and right. And there might have been you're others right. that had done it as well, but 
this is the first one that really did yeah. it a lot. Yeah. Nice. Nice. What do you got? What's next? Number three, Shawshank Redemption. Mm-hmm. It's the poster where the guard, actually the warden, it's the warden who realizes, well, he's not in the cell. How did he escape? And the, I, You always call now, this a POV shot, but I don't well, think it is. Let's talk about this. I felt long and hard on this. Okay. It was an emotional shot to get to like hit us in the gut about how he got out. But I still think it was through the perspective of the warden when they looked at the poster and the camera slowly zoomed in. Was it Raquel Welsh? I think was that it? And I think it was a POV shot yet. I can appreciate why you're questioning it. I I don't think it was. I think it was an over the shoulder shot. But I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I'm wrong. I don't know. Maybe don't I'm wrong. Know. We'll have to go back and check. After the show, like we'll pull that up. Yeah. 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 Okay. I'm sure we'll be hearing about this next week. I'll have the answer. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, Shawshank Redemption, 1994. You're right. Uh, okay. My next movie, we already mentioned before, 2015's Hardcore Henry. All the reasons that we just mentioned. Wow. You're giving it number... Number three. Yeah. I liked this movie. I did too. And I yeah. thought it was... I like the fact we both are including our primary film in our top five. I, I mean... I don't know if we've ever done that, where we both included it. Maybe once or twice, but it's not often. I'll mm-hmm. give you that. Yeah. But I do think that this movie is... Um, it's a great example of a POV. I mean, it. this is POV. And if you, someone was to say, think of a POV movie, this better come to mind. Absolutely. And again, I use the word disingenuous. It would have been disingenuous of it to not include in the top five. Mm-hmm. I'm glad we both did. My number two? Yep. Jaws. Now, listen, every, we know when we spoke about the shot of Roy Scheider with, with remember there with the camera like either zooms in and pulls back or yep. pulls back and zooms in, but it distorts the depth of field. That's not a point of view shot. No, it's not. It's not. But that that shot, we're on the same page on this, does show the emotional whoa where he gets it and he 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 gets what's happening and that incredible moment but it's not a point of view what is a point of view shot in the movie jaws was when we're underwater from the point of view of the shark and we see people's feet and legs dangling and kicking wow that's point of view of the shark we see kids we see we see legs kicking about dangling in the water while we hear the music theme, that's your point of view. Once again, you have segued really nicely into my number two, because talking about POV as a way to emphasize the horror or the suspense of a movie, man, I, I think Jaws is a really good example. But my number two, I really think, uses it even better than in Jaws, the POV. 1991's Silence of the Lambs. And here's where. There's two instances of POV in that movie. Jonathan Demme, I don't know if you know this, but he's kind of known for his use of POV in his films. Yeah. Yeah. And in Silence of the Lambs, the first time we meet Hannibal Lecter, he stares right at the camera, and it's it's Clarice's POV, and he's talking directly to us. Wow. Breaking the fourth wall. Yeah. And it's it, he's but not uh, really breaking the fourth wall. In yeah, a, you know what I mean. Sort of yes, P- sort of no. It's, it's making us yeah. feel like we're in her yeah. situation. Yeah. And then the other one that's really great is at the end when she's in pitch black darkness. We use the night vision goggles for Buffalo Bill, and he can see her. She's holding the gun out, and he's walking up behind her. And it's adding to this tension. It's adding. It's very similar to what you're talking about with the shark, seeing all these legs in the water. We're seeing Buffalo Bill 
creep up on Clarice where while she can't see anything, but yeah. we can. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So anyway, use of POV within horror is uh, yeah. a really great yeah. aspect. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What do you got? By the way, backing up one step, Jaws, the year was 1975. Five? Yeah. What? You're, you're one year. That's Man. how you usually are. What? All right. I thought it was 76. Nope. I guess Star Wars was 76, mm. though. That was next year. My right. number one is a movie you mentioned already. Uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah. We're a window. Mm-hmm. But you know what? It's, I'm not going for the obvious. I'm not going for looking through the binoculars at the building across the way. That obviously is all POV stuff. I'm talking about a scene. The one shot where he went to his refrigerator and grabbed some orange oh, juice. Oh, that. He reached the orange juice and don't forget the Kool-Aid <laughs> right next to it. But I'm talking about when the bad guy, Raymond Burr, uh-huh. is in Jimmy Stewart's home. And it's dark, pitch black. And so Jimmy Stewart had an old time camera with flash bulbs, the bulbs. And it would go to bright bulb. Bright bulb, yeah. black, bright bulb. And we'd see Raymond Burr in different illuminated shots interspersed with total blackness. That was through the POV of Jimmy Stewart. That was an incredible moment in the film. You with me on that? Yeah, I am. I'm, I'm just thinking about what you're talking I, I remember the scene. I remember the yeah. shots. I wonder if Hitchcock, if he was making films today, if he would be kind of cheesy. It's like he made those movies at a perfect time when the acting was still just cheesy enough to get away with some of those kinds of things and those kind of gimmicks. Like, I, it, it's almost trying too hard. You know what I'm saying? Like I know. It's, it's, you know, it's this wonderful question of uh, technique or device versus gimmick. Yeah. That's exactly what you're saying. Technique, device versus gimmick. And is it almost trying too Everything hard? Everything is wrapped impact? up just a little too neat yeah. and tidy. Yeah. And I think during that time from, you know, 1950 to 1970, like those 20 years of time was perfect for Hitchcock to be making the films that he was making. Yeah. Because they yeah. all, uh, maybe even up until like the mid 60s. Because after I agree. Psycho, what did he, he did like Frenzy and like, yeah. A, like a, the family plot. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like, yeah. eh, okay, that we don't need those. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Although it had Bruce Dern. Did it? In Family Plot. I don't yeah, remember I that. It's clean shaven. Oh. I agree with what you're saying. I think he made his type of film at the perfect time. And if he had been a filmmaker today, I don't think that his films yeah. would be as yeah. widely accepted. Yeah. And in some ways, I think that's also kind of what I don't like about Spielberg. If Spielberg had been 20 years earlier, I think I probably would like his stuff more. Mm-hmm. Everything's too nice and neat. It all fits together in a perfect little package. And I don't, I don't know. I don't like that. Yeah. Yeah. But you're forgetting about Ready Player One. Okay. Never mind. No, I'm not. I know. <laughs> uh, my number one. Is it a movie... We've discussed in our top five. Are we doing a little overlapping here? No. Is it a movie I've heard of? Yes. Is it a movie I've seen? I think so, yeah. Hint, please. 1978. Give me another hint, though, besides the year. There is a poster of this movie. In this room. In this room. Well, the unfortunate thing is there's 43 posters. Yeah. So you got to work with me here. Um, but while I'm scanning. It is a horror f- film. Is there a POV shot in the thing? It seems like there would be. But it feels not. like there was. That's not the way. Yeah. No, go ahead. Um, well, there's actually a yeah. couple of posters, but I'll give yeah. you one right here. 
1978. Oh, what? Halloween. Halloween. There's a few different POV shots here, but primarily the opening whole sequence is of Michael Myers as a little boy putting on the mask, going yeah. in, looking at his sister, yeah. winding up like killing her, and it's all POV. And we frequently pop back to Michael Myers' POV through this mask, and we hear his yeah. breathing. Yeah. And that's kind of interesting for a slasher flick. Yeah. You know, like that's an yeah. interesting thing. I'm not sure that most other slasher flicks do. I don't, did they do that in, in Friday the 13th? I, I just remember most of the time the slasher goes away and then just kind of appears at very inopportune times. But here there was a lot more tension. That movie is great because there there is there is killing, but the tension is really what makes the movie great. Where mm. he, he doesn't run. He just he's a very slow, methodical, like I'm gonna get to you. I'm not I don't have to run. I'll get you. Yeah. And that's makes it more creepy. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. nineteen seventy eight's Halloween. That's my number one. Cool. You got some scoops? You know, while we were talking, I thought of one that oh. I didn't I'm adding it right now as we speak. The scoop. And that's again with Audrey Hepburn, wait until dark. Where the camera, I was thinking, did you think about the, that? the flashes? I was thinking about the same thing. Yeah, yeah. the screen goes black. Yeah, so it's obviously her point kind of view because she's blind. Yep. 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 So that's no, interesting. I was saying the flashes because when you were talking about rear window, that's what made me think. Right, of, right, right, right. Uh, I did put down the Terminator. I, I told you I watched that not too long ago, didn't I? No, I don't think you mentioned that to yeah, me. It's okay. How was that? Definitely better How? than Breakfast at Tiffany's. I'll tell you that. Yeah, it had a strong cast, I thought. Yeah, it was I liked good. the it music. Was, it was definitely like a play. It was all like in yeah. one location yeah, for the most yeah, part. Yeah, in her house. Yeah. In her house with the doll. Yeah. What was inside there? Heroin or something? Something like something that. Like yeah. that. Yeah, I don't know. The MacGuffin. Um, I also thought about, I do think, I haven't seen it since it first came out, but the movie E.T., the Hollywood, Halloween sequence at night, it seems to me that in a shot, we were actually inside the costume looking through the mask yeah. of E.T. And it was like, you know, that black around the perimeter of the image. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that that shot, that POV shot was in E.T. Okay. Yeah. I have a few. What? Um, first of all, I'm not, I can't think of any particular shot, but I, there has to have been some good stuff with Requiem for a Dream. Um, but in particular, what, what they were doing what, they, what that movie was really known for was called the Snorri Cam. The Snorri Cam, right around like the late 90s, early 2000s, got really, really popular. It was in all sorts of music videos and a bunch of movies. It's where the camera is attached to the person. And so as they move, they're still in the frame, but everything else around them kind of swirls. Have you seen that before? I know what you mean. Yeah, so that's the Snorri Cam. And... Uh, in a weird sort of way, it is kind of like a POV, even though the actor's face is on screen and it's everything behind them, but you feel like you are getting their perspective, even though you're not even looking what they're looking at. You're yeah. looking at everything behind them. Yeah, It still feels like yeah. you are connected to them so intensely that it feels like a POV. I didn't put it in my top five. I put it as a scoop, but I thought it was worth mentioning. Yeah, um, Cloverfield was all shot as a again this is kind of a pov but really he's recording the movie and we're watching the video as he recorded it 
yeah, kind I'm of a ca- POV. You know what? Not a hundred percent, but I'm on board with your point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I again, get, it's a scoop. I get the right? spirit of what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But we're li- we're watching a found footage. Right. You saw right. Cloverfield. Oh yeah. Didn't you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Blair Witch Project. Same kind of thing. You're right. Same right? thing. So we're same thing. watching the same kind of perspective. Uh, I mentioned Predator. I mentioned Rear Window. Kickass had a similar uh, sequence with the night vision goggles. And one thing that we no one has mentioned this entire time. In the 1940s, there was a uh, what's his name? The guy who did um, the old Philip Marlowe, uh, Raymond Chandler, yeah, movie called Lady in the Water. It was the first all POV movie. The whole movie was shot. Yeah, and that's yeah, 1940 something, 48 or something like How that. How interesting. Yeah, and it was uh, basically Hardcore Henry before Hardcore Henry, all POV. Have you, have you seen it? You are the yeah. you know the main character. That's so. I never saw the film. I I saw it a long time ago, and I can't really remember very much about it. That's why I didn't put it in my top five. Lady in the water. Yeah. Huh. Wow. Lady in the lake. Lake. Lady. In the, I like the alliteration yeah. of that more. Lady in the lake. Hey, you know what I just thought of too? Uh, in the movie Grand Prix, uh, James Garner did wear a a, a helmet with a camera oh, on yeah. it. So we got him with his hands on the steering wheel. Uh, racing in oh, that's Le Mans a good one and so too, on. Yeah. So there's a good POV shot also. Well, there's some good stuff yeah, in there. This is good. I like yeah, this. I'm stuff excited there. for what our listeners will tell us. I know. Oh, the good segue. Oh. That was very good. Yeah. What, what should they do if they have anything? They should probably reach out to us and tell us what they are. How? Well, probably through our email, which is Robert at AntiwayPodcast.com. Oh. Or and slash or Ira at AntiwayPodcast.com. Or you can reach out to us to Twitter or Instagram. Our handle there is at AntiwayPod. We're all over the place, aren't we, Robert? Just like the endless clones of Jimmy, we are all yeah, over good. the place. That's good. That's good. That was good. Thanks. Did you just think of that right now? Yeah. Did you right now? Yeah. No, you didn't. Did you plan that? You planned that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, here I think you're supposed to set. Well, my... I did. I said we're all over the place, and then you got so distracted by my yeah, clever, got, really my did. clever word choice. Yeah, yeah, that's it, right? Sure. Uh, find us. You can find us also on a uh, Google Music. Google Podcast Music on iHeartRadio. We're on uh, iTunes. Uh, go to our website. Write a review. And throw us a few bucks over at Patreon. Help keep the sprocket holes moving. Ira, mm-hmm. next week. What are we doing next week? Next week, yeah, we are going to watch what? a movie we've talked about before, but you haven't seen. The Talented Mr. Ripley. I am so excited about this. I know. Robert, it's a movie I've always wanted. The cast. The, but... Only what's it's really a interesting story. is that there are several different people who have played the main character of Ripley, Mr. Ripley, because it's all shot in POV. It's another POV movie. It's another POV yeah, music? It's all shot in POV. So there were several different actors who played the main part. I think you're fucking with us no. right now. Yes, you are. No, I'm serious. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. No. Gwyneth Paltrow had so a She a role. plays the part of yeah. Mr. Ripley? Mr. Ripley. But she's a woman. She, I'm sorry, what? Nothing. How, right. you, how that dare you very assume provincial. her gender? That was very provincial, what I just said. That how was narrow-minded, and I'm not woke. I'm not woke. I don't know if you should be on this podcast anymore. <laughs> no, I'm really excited about uh, Talented Mr. Ripley. It's something I've always wanted to see. Yeah. What a cast. What yeah. a story. Yeah. Can't wait. That's usually what you would say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's mm-hmm. give producer Joey a round of applause. Yeah, Joey. <laughs> All right, so until <gasps> next week. Well, uh, wait, 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 wait. Are we doing something? What do you want to do? Oh, come on. What do you want to do? Let's do something. Let's go dance. Dance? No. Dance? Yeah, you want to go dancing? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Let's go bowling. 
Miniature golf? Ice skating. Let's go grab a drink. A drink? Yeah. Alcohol? No. Oh. Water? Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's go out for water. So until next time, keep watching movies. And we'll help you sort them out. I'm not sure I want to share anything in a brothel with you. <laughs>